Father, we agree with the angels in heaven that there is none like you in the earth. And Lord, you reign forevermore. King of glory, would you smile on this preaching moment? Would you grant me the privilege of proclaiming your word one more time? Thank you for these, your children that have traveled from near and far. Thank you for their gifts, for missions, and their concern for the lost all over the world. Thank you, O oh God, that you had formed us, given us a covenant with one another. Now would you wash us this hour, open our eyes and our ears, give us the ability to hear what your spirit has to say to the church, and God, in the end thereof, we'll give you all the honor, give you all the glory, give you all the praise. Don't forget me, Lord, I need preaching power, that preaching may be done. And in the end thereof, we will give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. And all God's children said together in love, amen and amen. If you'll open your Bibles with me to 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 9, 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 9, 2 Samuel chapter 9, I'm going in a different direction, thank you doctor. I might preach that one too. It feels good today. Amen. Second Samuel 9. I'm glad to be back in my pulpit. Amen. Hi, Tricia. Amen. I missed you and I love you. I miss you and I love you. Second Samuel 9. Second Samuel 9. To our visitors who are here, welcome. There's a brother I got to meet in the uh, greeting all the way from Chicago. Amen. Glad you're here, son, and your beautiful queen. Welcome. Welcome. This is the world's greatest church. You found it. Amen. We are an expository teaching and preaching church, amen? And that means we believe in preaching through the entire book of the Bible, books and chapters at a time. Family? And today we invite you to study with us through this great book of 2 Samuel where we are preaching through. 2 Samuel 9, verse 1. If you have it, say, I got it, Reverend. Now David said... Is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? Then he answered and said, At your service. And then the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who was lame in his feet. So the king said to him, well, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he's in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodibar. And then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and he prostrated himself. And then David said, Mephibosheth? And he answered, here is your servant. 
So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. And I'll restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread with me at my table continually. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. My pastor's back. My pastor's back. And, today, and today, he's going to preach to you about looking for, looking for Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Oh, amen. Y'all got it right. Amen. Looking for Mephibosheth. You may be seated. Life had been cruel to this young man. He was born into royalty but now forced to exist in poverty and obscurity. He was the grandson of King Saul and the son to Prince Jonathan. However, at the age of five family, his entire world came crashing down all around him. You see, one day his father and grandfather went out to battle. And it's written in the Chronicles that Saul and Jonathan were killed in the same fight. And when the news reached the palace, his nanny ran to grab the boy to flee for their lives. And when she was running for safety, she slipped and fell on top of the young lad. And when she fell on the young lad... She crippled him in both of his legs. His fall and the death of his daddy and grandparent changed the course of his life. And you know what? That's just like a lot of people living in the world today. Because of horrible consequences, horrible circumstances... In life's troubles, Courtney, their worlds have been turned, daughter, upside down. And on top of that, a great fall has happened to all of humanity. See, our granddaddy named Adam had a fall. And his fall in the garden left all of humanity lame from birth. So that every man, every woman... Every child has been born a sinner on every continent, separated from a holy God. Because of Adam, mankind has lost his heritage, just like Mephibosheth. His dreams, his opportunities, his hopes, his privileges, his independence. He's lost even his drive for motivation because he's lame from birth. And when life does a person like this, they need somebody to save them. I said, when life does this to people, there is a need for a savior. When life mistreats you, what you need is a divine intervention. And so in today's text, Mephibosheth represents for us humanity that's in need of a savior to rescue them from the pains of this old world. And King David is sent by the Lord, hey, to make a difference in his life when he least suspected it. 
Can I give you some culture and context? At the time of the text, David has the privilege of uniting a broken kingdom. Israel and Judah are one again. And God has given David, this new king, favor in the region. He's got military might like nobody you've ever seen before. He's got favor from surrounding nations. And whatever he touches, God has made him prosperous. Now one day in his palace, David is walking about reflecting on his journey into power. And he remembers his soul friend, Jonathan. And he, he, he remembers the oath that he had made with Jonathan because David loved Jonathan. And in remembering his love and his oath and his covenant, David decides to bless somebody who is still in Jonathan's family. And that's a good place to drop something right there. Can I get a listener right here? As children of God, Dre, we ought to always remember our promises. You ought to be people of your word. Are you listening here? We ought to be people who keep covenants. Yeah, to remember that what you promised you was going to do, stand up and do it. The text says that David remembered. What he said to Jonathan. And even though Jonathan was dead, David still promised, uh, wanted to commit to his covenant promise. And I think this passage right here of scripture, Brother Johnny, shines a light, a light rather, on the heart, yes, of King David. What do you mean, Pastor? It shows to us he's a covenant king. Y'all catch that? Not only does it show he's a covenant king, he's a kind king. Not only is he a covenant king and a kind king, but he's a king who remembers and reflects. Now, if that ain't a picture of Jesus, y'all been with me as we've been walking through 1st and 2nd Samuel. And when we get to look at David, who was a type of Christ in the Old Testament, it means you can look at David and find some Jesus. Can I say some more? Jesus too is a covenant king. Did he not come to say I come to establish a new covenant? He's the kind of king who remembers. Am I right right there? The kind of king who reflects. And he's also a king who's kind. Can anybody say he's been good to me? Today in this passage we can learn three things about David. And as believers, we can examine how we too can develop our heart, Brother Miguel, so that we can have the things that Christ has. So three points I want to share with you today. Somebody holler at me. What are they, Reverend? Number one, I want to talk about the king's search. And number two, I want to talk about the king's summons. And three, I want to land the plane arguing about the king's salvation. Can I give them to you again? The king's search, the king's summons, and the king's salvation. Y'all going to help me preach it in here? Come on, walk with me. The first point, the king's search. The Bible says in verse 1, now David said, is there still anyone who's left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? 
And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him Ziba to David, the king said to him, are you Ziba? And he said, at your service. Then the king said to him, is there not still someone who's left in the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan, but he's lame in his feet. Can I unpack the car for you right here? When we arrive at this text, family, we see the king is searching for somebody to bless. Huh. Because God has been good to him. That's worth you coming today. He wants to bless somebody, watch this now, who's related to the former king, but who also tried to kill him. No, somebody missed it. Let me say it this way. He's looking for somebody to bless who's in his enemy's family. I just lost a whole lot of y'all. David is the kind of king who searches for somebody to be kind to. He's the kind of king who's looking for somebody that he can make a difference, Sister Trina, in their life. Not somebody he knows who's directly connected him, but somebody who's in the line of his enemy's heritage. And here's a good application here. I believe that this is the characteristic that the church could use today. Brother Robert, good to see you, son. We, we could benefit from having a heart like this in the body of Christ. Come on, talk to me, y'all. We could benefit from being kind to our enemies. We, we could benefit from being kind to somebody. We can benefit from loving even our enemies' people. We could benefit from being generous to somebody, for caring for somebody. We could develop the heart of God by imitating these actions in the kingdom of God. Help me, Holy Ghost, preach it all in here. The Bible says that he called for a former servant who worked in the house of Saul, and his name was Ziba. Can, can I work some more here? Sister White, daughter, the text says that David asked Ziba if there was anyone left in the house of Saul, and the servant says yes. He says, he's a son of Jonathan. Then watch what he says. Who's lame in his feet. Notice this. The first thing I see in Ziba's description is that he doesn't even give the name of Jonathan's son. Only thing he gives is a description. Now what's up with that? You know the boy. Why not say his name? I'll tell you why. It implies to me that your child don't even have the favor of the former servant. Here it is. He doesn't have the favor because he don't have the status of one's name that he think is worthy to even call. Can I argue my text? 
In fact, when he is spoken of, he's spoken of in a description. Yeah, that's somebody left, but he's that lame little boy. Y'all in here? Zebra don't think much of this young boy. He don't use his name. In fact, the only thing he uses is his physical deformity to make him look even worse than he is. Come on in here. You know how you describe people? People you don't respect? That bald head person. The man who stutters. The girl who walks funny. You know their name. Come on, talk to me. We put names on worth. But where there's no worth, you put a tag on them. So that they look worse than they really are. I've been away a long time. I feel like preaching it all in here. Zeba's the type of servant who don't think much about people. Here it is, who are hurting. You know, we use that tag, Jasmine, those people. Can I say some more? He's the type of servant who has no regard for the disabled. He's the type of servant who will not call a person by name who's not like him. Well, what a tragedy. The king was looking for somebody to bless. And Zeba was standing in the way. The king was searching for somebody to love on. But Zeba couldn't remember their name. Chantel, the king was looking for somebody, yeah, he could love and honor. But Zeba could only describe them by the pain they had been through. The king was looking to show kindness. He said the kindness of God to somebody. And Zeba was misbehaving by not remembering his name. This blew me away. Two things. Number one, the king's search is motivated by love, compassion, a covenant that he made with David. I mean, with, with Jonathan, it's motivated by concern and Zeba's misbehaving in humanity. Can I say some more? And that's just like us, y'all. God has prospered you. But I watch your face when we talk about the mission trip. Some of y'all ain't even concerned. Didn't give one ounce of clothing out your closet. You got stuff you ain't wore in years. Because you don't put a worth on somebody who don't live here or don't look like you. You call them those people. I ain't talking no mess. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. But God has a need to bless somebody. And he's made you an American. The richest continent in the world. The most powerful nation in the planet. You got more shoes and we got days in the calendar. Some of you got cars. You can pick and choose which one you're going to drive today. Say ouch or something if you can't say amen. All I'm talking about is what God didn't bless you with. Am I making sense here? And David represents for the believer those who want to bless somebody because God's been good to them. Boy, this ought to be a good offering today. That's all I'm talking about. Come on, talk to me. Just like David, yeah, Jesus came to look for somebody he could show the kindness of God. To. I'm glad right there. Just like David, Jesus came. To find somebody who was lame on their feet 
Anybody glad he came? I know I'm glad he came. So here's my question. If David came to bless somebody, Jesus came to bless somebody, who are you searching for today? Who are you looking to care for today? Who, who are you looking for to bless today because of what the king has given you? Who's lost in your family that needs Jesus? Who's lost in your school, on your job, in your neighborhood that needs the kindness of God? Come on, don't play church with me, somebody. Everybody knows I'm a fibber chef. That's the king's search. Can I give you the king's summons? Y'all going to help me preach? Come on, wave at me if I ain't lost you. I, I still love you. Amen. Let me give you the king's summons. The Bible says, verse 4, you got to say, I'm in, there. I'm in there. The king said to Zeba, where is he? Now, Zeba should have gave him that information. Y'all ain't in there. But he had to ask him, now, where is he? And Zeba said to the king, well, indeed, He's in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodibar. Now that verse is loaded, and I'm going to unpack it. But verse 5 says, the king sent. See there? He didn't send Zeba, but he sent somebody else. And he brought him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodibar. When you arrive at this next portion of the text, family, you can't help but see that David moves Deacon Lorda with an urgency at the news that Jonathan has a baby boy that he can be kind to. This is powerful. Why, Wilson? Because David has to make Zeba share the location where the suffering man is. He literally declares or demands that Zeba give up his whereabouts. Up until this time, Zeba hadn't shared this information with nobody. It was his daddy that took care of Zeba. And now that his daddy is gone, Zeba won't nothing to do with the one who took care of him. Can I say some more? He still don't give up the boy's name. He just tell him where his location is. Isn't that something like that? But David requests to know where he is. Pardon me. But God wants to know if you know where any Mephibosheths are. God wants to know if you know where the lame people are at. God wants to know if you've forgotten their names and their locations. Then he said, well, indeed, he's in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lodibar. Notice this, Reverend Zuniga, here we discover the location of the lane. And he's in the house called Makir. In the Hebrew, it's called the house of merchandise. Let me run the rabbit some more. It was the house where slaves were sold. The boy was a prince. 
But when his mama and his daddy died, some servant sold him into slavery. Y'all in here? That ain't all. It gets worse. He's in the house of Makir that's owned by the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Can I unpack it? He's in a slave master's house in a place called Lodabar. In the Hebrew, it means the place of no birth. Everything there dies. It's barren. He's in a house of slavery in a place where there's no future. He's lame on his feet. He can't run away. He can't walk away. But he's been sold because of his fall. Talk about bad luck. Your daddy dying. Your grandpa died. You were once a prince. And then when they die, somebody who don't like you because of your heritage sold you away. Here it is. It's what we call human trafficking. Y'all in here now? Don't yonder that boy is. Got no way of escape. Born a prince. But because of his fall. Is now in slavery. I need to park the car and say something. Queens and kings. Born to the most high God. But because of your fall, you were banished to earth, the house of slavery, a called loaded bar where there's no future or no growth to a cruel slave master whose name was Satan. I know you look good and you smell good, but you ain't always been that way. What you needed was a savior. Here it is. You needed a king. To come and inquire where you were. Y'all too cool for me. If I was in Africa, they'd be shouting all over the place right now. Why? Because they recognize I am Mephibosheth. Come on, intellectuals. I need you to talk to me. Come on, tell the truth. You know you was tore up from the floor until the king showed up. Can I say some more? We are the modern day Mephibosheths. Lame from birth. Toe up. You know you ain't always looked that good. You ain't always been that smart. You know you were in the house of slavery. Don't make me go there. Okay, I'm going there. That place where you couldn't get free. That stuff that you couldn't let go of. Doing that thing, that thing you love to do, that thing, wanted to be free, but had nobody to purchase your freedom. Don't get high and mighty like you are that. Don't forget that when you look in the mirror, Mephibosheth is still there. Am I talking to you? I'm talking about what I'm talking about, but just look right over the shoulder. You still got an address in Loaded Bar. But bless the name of the Lord. I said bless the name of the Lord. A king came looking. And then the Bible says he sent somebody. To come and rescue Mephibosheth. Do you remember what your rescue party looked like? 
I remember mine. He came in a jail. Had tattoos all on him. A bike motorcycle gangster. Come on, talk to me. Into my loaded bar. Preached the word of God. Opened up the windows of my heart. And the king of glory came in. Are y'all listening to me? What was your rescue party? Don't forget the one who preached to you. And brought you out of loaded bar. Hey. Help me Holy Ghost. Preach it all in here. The text says that he came. And he sent for Mephibosheth. I talked to you about the king's search. Talk to you about the king's summons. Let me land the plane and argue about the king's salvation. Y'all in here? Y'all mighty cool. Amen. Verse 6 says, Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face. Y'all see that there? And he prostrated himself. And then David said, Mephibosheth? And he answered, here is your servant. That verse is loaded. So let me pick it apart for you, all right? Sister Denise, when we come, daughter, to this portion of the text, we finally see that our subject has a name. He has a name and he's not just a lame man who was injured early in life. He has a name and he's not just a descendant of the king who was sold into slavery. He has a name and he's not just a man who couldn't run, who couldn't walk, or who couldn't defend himself. But he's a person, Brother Wendell. He's a person that's a human with a name called Mephibosheth. Now, I need to unpack that name for you so you understand who this young fella is. His name, Mephibosheth, was originally called Mighty Ball. And the name meant one who contends with Baal. Baal was the Hebrew god of the Philistines. Baal was the enemy of Yahweh. He was born to the prince Jonathan who had a vision for his son's life. He said when he was born, you're going to be one on behalf of Yahweh that contends with Baal. Okay, I missed somebody. You're going to be the one that destroys your enemy's God. He came into the world, Drisha, as a baby with purpose prescribed to his life. And then later on, somebody somewhere, perhaps in Lodabar, changed his name. They changed it to Mephibosheth which means broken by an idol. Are you with me here? In other words, he went from a boy with purpose to one defeated by the gods of his enemies. 
Let me say some more. He's a baby who never lived up to his name. Slavery made him change his name. Oh, y'all hard today. Y'all ain't right. His family name at some point got too much for him to carry. And so every time somebody called him, he was reminded of what he couldn't do. Because he was crippled, because he was an orphan, because he was sold into slavery, his birth name now had no significance. Is it any wonder why we start calling ourselves out our names? Mama gives you a name at birth that has significance, but you call yourself a bee. Come on, talk to me. A dog. Come on, talk to me. A fool. As if it has prominence. Are you with me here? You've taken on the name of a fallen culture. Your slave identity. Are you with me here? I'm just preaching it all up in here. Look, look. This boy never lived up to his royal status that was ascribed to him. He never contended with the gods of his enemies. He never became an heir to the throne. He never became a conqueror, but rather embraced the ideology of one who was conquered. New beginnings, y'all in here? He never, yeah, yeah, was able to be what his father dreamed he could be. Can I tell you, ain't nothing sadder than a man who can't live up to his own name. Ain't nothing sadder than a sister who don't know who she is. I ain't just calling you son and daughter for no reason. I ain't just calling you a queen or a king for no reason. I'm trying to remind you of who you are. Don't let this world prescribe to you an identity. Don't let this world change who you are in the image of God. You might all not always behave like a king's kid, but tap somebody and tell them, don't forget who I am. Don't forget. Can I say some more? There's some beautiful stuff in this text. I feel like preaching it all. Though he forgot who he was, though he was sold into slavery, Though he was in the place of barrenness, the king knew where he was. And when the time was right, the king summoned him. Come out of the shadows. Come out of your slavery. Come out of your place of bondage. Because I know your real name. In fact, I know your daddy. Can I say some more? He was now in the presence of the king. Good God Almighty. Here it is. It was time for a royal appearance. And the first thing I noticed that David as the king ain't ashamed of Mephibosheth's personality. Ain't ashamed that he can't walk like the other men walk. Ain't ashamed that he spent his whole life in Lodibar in the house of slavery. Second thing I noticed is that David is committed to helping Mephibosheth. 
and Mephibosheth wasn't even expecting the blessing. But God had it on the way. Who am I talking to today? I'm talking to a Mephibosheth this morning who has no IQ that just around the way the king's got a blessing for you. Come on, talk to me. Just stay where you are. I know it's hard where you are. I know you're struggling in your thinking. I know your identity has messed you up. But hold on, baby. You're still a child of the king. If you just hold on, God's got a summons for you. Let me compose myself so I can land the plane properly. The text says that when he sees David, he prostrates himself. He takes the position of the servant and bows in his presence. Now, first reading this on the onset, you would think that this is a form of reverence for the king, David. But no, let's remember the history, the culture, and the context. It was appropriate for incoming kings to kill off predecessors and their seed. Are you with me here? Just to make sure that this old king couldn't rise up again and take the throne. So when Mephibosheth prostrates himself, it's not out of reverence for a new king. It's out of fear for his life. Can I say some more? He's been in slavery all the whole time. Everybody else that's come in his life has taken something from him. Now he's in the presence of the king and grandpa tried to kill him. Surely I'm about to die. He prostrates himself as if to beg for mercy for just a little while. The text is loaded, I tell you. And that's why you hear David say, Mephibosheth calls him by name. Parenthetically, when God talks to you, he calls you by name. Can I say some more? He says, Mephibosheth, do not fear. I'm not going to hurt you. No, I will surely show you kindness. You hear that right there? I'm bawling right here on the inside. This is doing a good. Kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. And I'm going, watch this now, y'all. I'm going to restore to you. Brother Jeff, all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and that ain't all. His granddaddy owned it all. Y'all remember that? He said, I'm going to give you everything your granddaddy had, even though he was my enemy. And you ain't going to have to work a day in your life. Every day, you're going to eat bread at my table. Hey, help me, Holy Ghost, just a little while. Mephibosheth, in the presence of the king, is looking for punishment. But instead, he gets mercy. Mephibosheth is looking for the wrath of God, Sister Wilson. But instead, Mama, he receives grace. Mephibosheth is looking for prison. But instead, he gets promotion. 
Mephibosheth is looking for payback. But instead, Tom, he gets blessed with prominence. See, God had gone before Mephibosheth and planned out his whole life. I need y'all to stay in here with me. God had gone before Mephibosheth and ordered his steps. God had gone before Mephibosheth and blessed him before time. God had gone before him, Sister Zuniga, and put David in place to be a blessing to him. If you believe in a sovereign God who's in total control of all the earth, then you got to believe in a God who will let you suffer for a little while. But when the time is right, he know how to raise you. He know just where you are, Reuben. Come on, talk to me. He sees your faults, Mel. He knows your struggles. He knows the bondage, but just hang on. Because the same king that know about you know your name. And he know where to promote you when it's time to promote you. High five somebody and tell them the king know where I'm at. The king know where I'm at. Well, I got to leave you now. But I'm glad today. Because, Sister Pee Wee, Mephibosheth's story is my story. Mephibosheth's story is our story. God knew just where you were when it was time to turn that thing around. Y'all too cool in here for me. Somebody, boy, I'd be running around this church if this happened. Look, God knew just where you were to flip your script. God knew just where you were. You, it's no mistake the family you were born into. I know you mad about grandma and them history. Come on. I know you don't want to tell nobody about your reunion, huh? You may have some shame because your cousin and them slept with your cousin and them. Come on, talk. But God had a purpose for your story. I ain't no mistake. Come on, talk to me. Curly girl had many a man coming through there. Are you with me here? But I'm here because God had a plan for my life. I told you my name is Mephibosheth. I feel my help. I ain't responsible for what happens from here on out. And just like you, you ain't got a story that's filled with glory. But you do got a purpose for your existence. And God has written your name in the Lamb's book of life. Do not fear. Because I'm going to have favor on you. David says. Well as I close the text. Can I say it one more time? Mephibosheth didn't have no idea y'all. That that day. That that morning. His whole life was going to change. He didn't have no idea. Brothers and sisters. That God had forgotten him. He had no idea about what God was going to do for him. And I want to remind you that this may be your week where your, your, your ship come in. That felt good, amen. That this, this might be my week when the king show up and do something that blows my mind. Because the truth is, I really don't have any idea of how much God loves me. How much he want to do for me. Because if I'm his Mephibosheth and I'm living in his loaded bar and the text says what I just said it says, it means he's got a blessing with my name on it. 
High five somebody and just tell them, mm, that's something to think about. That's something to think about. Let me land this plane. It's getting too good to me. The good news of this text is that when Jesus, the son of David, the Messiah, the king of glory, came down from heaven, he came to find the Mephibosheths. Those who were separated from his father. Hey. Sold into slavery. Had no way to escape. No future. No hope. No way back to the throne. So he paid a price. Sent an emissary. Went to the hill called Calvary. And out on the cross. Paid it all. So Mephibosheth could come out of bondage take his seat at the king's table didn't he die he died bible said that early Sunday morning I said early Sunday morning God the father raised him back up he went back at the right hand of the father and there he's preparing a place and a seat at the table that's got my name on it can I share some Bible with you? The Bible says in Isaiah 25, the Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet for the people to come and dwell on his mountain. Talking about the table. Luke 14, the Bible says, when one of those who were reclining at the table heard Jesus say this, they said, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Psalm 23 says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anointed my head with oil and my cup. I'm talking about being at the table. Isaiah 55 and 1 says, everybody who thirsts, come to the waters. You have no money? Come and buy and eat bread. Buy wine and milk with me without any cost. Talking about dining at the table John chapter 7 said on the last day of the feast Jesus stood and cried out saying he who believes in me as the scripture said from inside of him shall flow rivers of living water talking about dining at the table Revelation 3 and 20 said behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hears my voice and open the door I'll come in to him and I'll dine with him and he with me trying to invite somebody to dinner over in glory Matthew 22 says the king of heaven will be compared to the king who gave a wedding feast for all of his sons oh there's some eating in heaven and I got a seat at the table Revelation 19 and 7 let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him for the marriage of the lamb and his bride that's us has made herself ready and it was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen bright and clean for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints and then right blessed are those hey who invited to the marriage supper at the lamb can I give you one more Matthew 22 says, tell those who've been invited, behold, I prepared my dinner. 
Let me give you one more. Luke 14 and 6 says, a man gave a big dinner and he invited many. And he told those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. I got 27 different scriptures of the Bible talking about the table in glory. This ain't no, this ain't no McDonald's table. Y'all in here? This ain't no Chick-fil-A table. No, this is a table in glory that's only prepared for the servants of God. So when you see Mephibosheth come out of slavery, eating with the slaves, picked up and placed at the king's table, you're looking at a picture of a mighty king, a mighty fight king. In fact, right now, he's still the king of righteousness. Right now, he's still the king of ages. Right now, he's still the king of heaven. Right now, he's still the king of glory. In fact, he's the king of kings and the lords of lords. That's my king. Come on, talk to me. At the king's house, he's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself, of himself, and by himself. There's never one like him, and there'll never be another one to come. Can I say some more? My king is august. He's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's supreme, and he's preeminent. He's my king. Can I say some more? As my right now king. He's still the greatest miracle of the age. As the right now king, he's superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. As a right now king, he's the only one able to supply all your needs simultaneously. As a right now king, he supplies your strength when you're weak. He's available when you're tempted. He guards and he guides can I say some more? He heals the sick, cleanses the lepers, forgives sinners, discharges debtors, delivers the captives, defends the feeble, blesses the young, serves the unfortunate, regards the age, rewards the diligent, and gives beauty to the meek. That's my king. It ain't like Jesus is sitting in glory doing nothing. Can I say some more? Can I tell you what he's doing at the right hand of the Father? My king is the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway to peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. The highway to holiness. The gateway of glory. The master of the mighty. The captain of the conquerors. The head of the heroes. The leader of the legislators. The overseer of the overcomer. He's the governor of the governors. The prince of princes. The king of kings. And he's coming again. Are you ready to see him? Is there anybody here want to eat at the king's table? Ha, ha, ha. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? I'm closing now. But little David Cimbella used to sing that song. 
There's a table in the presence of the Lord. There's a spread at the table. Come and grab your seat at the table of the Lord. Some might want to go to hell and swim in the lake of fire. No, that's not my choice. I plan on going to a party in glory. A party where I can get dressed up. I can eat what I want and my shape won't get out of line. I'm planning on going to a party where I can see all of my brothers and sisters and we can drink the cup that'll last forever. I plan on going to a party where the saints will be there, where the angels will be there, where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will be there. I got my seat at the Lord's table. Can't wait to get there. You know why? Moses will be there. Daniel will be there. Ezekiel will be there. Mary will be there. Ruth will be there. Uh, Bathsheba will be there. Plan on going to the Lord's table. And at the Lord's table, I plan on having a time of my life. Don't know what you plan on doing for all of your eternity. But I plan on going to the party in glory. Where the streets are paved with gold. Where the gates are made with pearls. Where the angels are escorts. And the saints make up the holy choir. I plan on going to the party in glory. In fact, I got my ticket already. Do you have your old ticket? I got my ticket. It was punched at Calvary. Out on the cross. My ticket was paid. Hey, and I'm spending the rest of my life running around the world trying to tell somebody there's a party you just can't miss. Come on, go with me to my father's house. In my father's house, there's no more sorrow, no more pain, no more shame, no more heartache. Come and go with me to my father's house. There's joy, there's joy, ain't there joy? Can I get a witness? Is there anybody here? Go meet me at the party. Is there anybody over here? Go meet me at the party. Do you got your ticket? Say yeah. yeah. Say yeah. yeah. Say yeah. yeah. Ain't he all right? I wonder if you can help me right here. Find five people and high five them. Tell them see you at the party. See you at the party. Hey, I'm glad right there. Hallelujah. I'm closing right here. But when Tommy and Billings and I landed at the hotel, Serena, and we got our itineraries for the week, we didn't know that in the morning, breakfast was free. We came down from the rooms, dressed in our uniforms, ready to go to work, and we saw a buffet table. Yeah, y'all mind if I? One table had every juice 
that was from the tropical trees of Africa. One table had all the breads you could imagine from all over the world. One table had five or six different kind of meats. And then behind the stove, there was a chef who worked for us. When we understood what that buffet was like, watch yourself. Every morning, God's soldiers come on in here, was up having devotion. And then we had people come to the table. Would you like African tea? Black tea? A regular tea? Would you like a mata? Um, um, caramel macchiato? Or how you want your coffee? Would you like juice? Are you with me here? I couldn't finish eating enough and they kept bringing it. Are you with me? All I'm trying to say, glory is going to be better than that. Service. Oh, eternity long. I don't know what's wrong with you, but I'm trying to get to the banquet table. <laughs> Anybody like to eat in here? I know y'all don't eat more than me, but I can't wait. Hey, hallelujah. I can eat till my heart's content. I'm going to be in the large section in heaven where all of the saints who can contain more can contain all they want. I love you, New Beginnings. God bless you and God keep you. Amen. Amen. Yes, yes, that was a buffet. <laughs>